out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. Today I speak with my friend Simon again. Simon is a life coach in Cape Town and has done a lot of work on himself and for his clients on the concept of self-love. So many of us go through life not really caring for ourselves and in a way neglecting ourselves and our own needs. We then struggle to truly love others in a healthy way and ask ourselves why that is the case. The thing is, we cannot love others if we do not love ourselves first. Let's hear what Simon has to say about this. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on The First Layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. This is Simon's input. Sit back and enjoy. <laughs> Elvis Presley. Well, good good evening, Elvis Presley. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, thanks, Freddie. This, this is quite an intimidating microphone in front of me. That's what we're talking about. This is this is kind of more Michael Bublé. Because <laughs> this is Could the type be, of thing you will uh, stand in, modern, stand in yeah. front of and and, and yeah, it and doesn't do have the scene. long uh, stick. Yeah, you can't play around with it, unfortunately. So Simon, sorry, this is Simon, not Elvis or Michael. <laughs> Welcome back to Meet Me in the Field. Thank you, very this you. Thank you for having me. Meet Me in the Field, the second the second appearance. Yeah. And today we've decided we're going to talk about something specific. And that specific thing is one, what I believe is one of the most important aspects of spirituality. And that is self-love. To move from where we actually make very shitty decisions for ourselves, because we don't like ourselves, we don't feel we deserve to to make healthy decisions, to becoming people who actually want good for ourselves. Because that's... That's what recovery did for me. Is it, it truly changed me wanting to fuck myself up. Yeah. To actually not want to fuck myself up. Uh-huh. And and the difference lies in I now make healthy decisions for myself self more than I make unhealthy ones. Yeah. So tell me your journey from Simon not liking Simon to self love. Yeah. Okay, maybe I just want to maybe frame what I think self love is or how you can unpack how I'd like to unpack self-love quickly because I think firstly love um like I was thinking when when I when I did my share on this it was actually February and you know it was the the month of of love love. but I mean that's a very different (laughs) kind of love you know what I mean you know (laughs) um that's your romantic sort of squidgy love (laughs) (laughs) um it's uh you know your hearts and roses kind of love which is a type of love but what was not exactly what I'm referring to when I say self-love because self-love for me is is self-care caring for yourself in an unconditional way not overly criticizing yourself all the time you know the little voice that sits oh, on your shoulder you know little voice <laughs> which, which, which grows my, louder and louder my, until mine you is one of those what do you call those things with the and you have to find the off button which yes. is very difficult to find sometimes and um, 
you know, it also taps into self-esteem, you know, self-confidence, how you feel about yourself. Do you feel like someone who is worthwhile, who is a worthy person, or do you feel like you someone who's in the background, who needs to hide away, who doesn't, you know, the, the child that doesn't want to be heard, you know, because um, a lot of us are brought up or were brought up, unfortunately, to be told, you know, children should be seen and not heard. Ah. But in a way, then we internalize that as well. We're not good enough to be heard. Yes. So these messages, unfortunately, get internalized and then we withdraw into ourselves. And that then leads to us not being feeling worthy and not feeling loved. So, so that's really what I'm talking about when I talk about self-love. So just to, to, to frame it a little bit and to unpack it. But my journey, I mean, really, I, you know, I suppose having had childhood depression, you know, that depression is about uh, not feeling good enough, not feeling like you have a place in, in life, not seeing a future, and that real, like, anxiety provoking thing of well what am i doing in the world you know Simon, how old were you when you were diagnosed with depression well i wasn't diagnosed unfortunately because in those days so i've only subsequently okay like so look, had, had a whole, look, like looking back, looking back okay. realized because when i was seven i you know I, I was really in a state of where i wanted to kill myself to the point that i took my dad's rifle out from under the bed and you know it had a bullet in which it shouldn't have done um in those days there weren't gun safes and so on and luckily i had enough compassion and empathy to realize that if i killed myself it would devastate my family yeah. and my mom and my dad and my brother so you know i didn't go ahead with it so just from a very early age they, yeah but they, i mean I, I, you know the diagnosis from my mom's was and my, my, my family was just, you know, that I was an overly sensitive kid yeah. and that I needed to toughen up and, you know, so you took a boy. <laughs> <laughs> that type yeah. of thing. And, I mean, bless her, my mom tried hard to, you know, find hobbies for me uh, because my, my, my brother was heavily into his computers at that stage. Like he had his ZX81, his uh, Spectrum and so on. So... You know, I would do things like I became the little attention seeker. You know, I would trip the lights of the whole house to, to so that his computer would trip <laughs> and go off. And, you know, so he, I would get negative attention okay. from him. But is that, he older than that you? Was better. Yeah, he's two years older than two, me. Okay. And he is an electronic engineer. <laughs> and, uh, so you nearly tripped him man, out of managers, job. <laughs> managers teams of IT people. So he knew from a young age what he wanted to do. But... Yeah, I mean, I couldn't understand why my brother would be wanting to play with these machines rather than play with me, yeah. the wonderful little human being that was um, joyfully running around and wanting to, yeah. you know, go and play outside or on our bikes or whatever. So, and he did used to, we did used to play sometimes. It's strange how our minds work. Like, you know, I felt rejected or abandoned. Yes. So, so again, that feeling of not good enough, why is he rather playing with the computer yeah. rather than me? Is the computer better than me? Does it this love comparison, the yeah, the me, yeah, that, love word, yeah. No, so so that comparison, you know, I think 
we have to be very careful of comparison and that's what I've learned a lot in recovery is not to compare myself to other people because as soon as I start comparing then I start feeling I'm less than yes I'm less than other people but but it's not that I'm less than I'm just different and I'm different in a unique way and I do have a, a lot to offer in many ways and yeah. maybe I don't drive the big Mercedes Benz or have a big house or whatever but but maybe underneath it I'm helping a lot of people and I've got a lot to offer as well you know I don't need to drive a big Mercedes Benz to live a happy life absolutely so so it's re again reframing my mindset and how I view the world and recovery has done that in a big way I remember one of um, my recovery assistants saying that you know as addicts, we often drink the poison or <laughs> yeah. and uh, or take the poison in some way and think other people will die. Yeah. Hope for the other person. Yeah, you know, hope for the other person will die. But actually, we are the ones that are damaging ourselves. Yes. And therefore, that is clearly that we're not taking care of ourselves. We are not loving ourselves in an unconditional way. We're harming ourselves, thinking that it's going to harm other people. Yeah. On that comparing thing, what my yeah. new philosophy of my new catchphrase is, I wasn't, I wasn't born to fit in. I was born to stand out. Yeah. So that, that whole thing, kind exactly. of, I, I don't fit in, people like me, people don't like me. You know? No, I wasn't born to fit in. It's okay if they don't like me because I'm supposed to stand out. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if we look at all the, the high-profile people in the world, they're not necessarily people who fit in. Exactly. You know, if you look at the Beyonce's and the Michael Bublé's who we were talking about earlier or Justin Bieber's, they're, they're not people that fit in. Yeah. They're people who stand out. I think of Richard oh. Branson, for instance. Yeah. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So we just need to really step into accepting ourselves as we are and playing to our strengths and not worrying too much about our development areas. They're there. Fair enough. We just be aware of them, but you know, look at our strengths. And oh, that, oh that wait, 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 wait! Stop, 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 stop! Did I hear you correctly? You didn't call them weaknesses. You yeah. called them development areas. That's right. Oh, oh! Number one, I'm so proud of myself that I listened carefully yeah. enough to pick yeah, it up. Yeah. And yeah. is is that part of of the process? of caring for ourselves instead of looking at ourselves and say these things are wrong with me these things are bad to rather think of them as development areas and think okay so I'm not as confident as I would like to be so I'm going to develop this area yeah oh, absolutely cool. yeah so I like that I must remember so that. yeah I mean um, I think that word weakness what is weakness weakness is I can't pick something up that's a weakness that's weakness but yeah. but in terms of our own attributes in ourselves we have immense brain power we we know that our neurons and our neural system is very elastic and can develop itself and can regenerate itself so we have the capability to do it yes it's just overcoming the self-limiting beliefs which have come from growing up and being criticized or yeah. comparing ourselves to Johnny down the road or whatever. Well, all the brothers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> As you said, really 
realizing that we can play to our strengths and if there are areas that we're not not as strong in that we can develop those um, if we need to and we don't need to or we we can also find other people who can collaborate with who can help us and you know i think the other thing about it that i've realized is that it's about becoming vulnerable and being able to ask for help being a coach i give without being asked i give people my business card and then they'll look at it and see the word psychology or coach and then they'll say i don't need this you know immediately Ah. that's their defense mechanism but then i know that's the ego and probably that's actually a a clear indication that they possibly do need it (laughs) (laughs) um you know um if 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 we if we yeah. reject something before even investigating it, but, um, the AA book says something like that very nicely. No, I can't remember the, the the words now, but it's definitely a part of a part of our journey. I think is before we reject something outright to take the time and investigate it. It yeah. might it, it we it, we might actually need it. We we might actually really gain from it. And that's really important. But you said something interesting that I want to investigate with you as well. And you talk about strengths. And what I'm hearing you saying is that everybody has strengths. doesn't matter how fucked up you think you are. Yeah. (laughs) You do have strengths. Yeah. Even even if it is just being able to help someone who's less fortunate than you, that's a strength. Even if, if it is... You know, driving a car. That's quite a complex skill, actually. Quite. And and we take it for granted, you know, in this modern age. But, you know, there are a lot of people that actually don't drive cars. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, a friend of mine who's my age now has never got his driving license. Oh, wow. And I'm not sure why, but I think it's possibly because of not having the opportunity and then just not needing to to do it. I, I don't think it's that he can't or, or wouldn't be able to drive a car yeah. unless he's had maybe a bad experience in an accident or something, but not that I'm aware of. But, you know, often we take for granted skills that we have. You know, we all, all can fend for ourselves. We can all make a sandwich. Yeah. We can all go for a shower. There's some people that can't do these things, yeah. you know. I spoke to somebody the other day who kept on referring to himself as a bad communicator. Yeah. And I said to him, but I don't get this because we've been talking for a very long time and I've understood everything you told me. So where the hell does this I'm a bad communicator come from? Because communication, the way I understand it, is yeah. you've got a sender and a receiver. The sender receives a, receives a message. And if the receiver receives the message and can un, uh, un- decode the message appropriately and understand what the receiver said, then that was effective one-way communication already. Absolutely. And, yeah. and he really fought with me that he's a bad communicator. and it was. Well, well, I think that's a clear thing where he's obviously comparing himself to someone who he's puts on a or he's internalized sure. something along the way, yeah. some maybe very critical exactly, English yeah. teacher or, or something yes. like that said something, and then he's internalized that message, and then that becomes a broken record. Yeah, and we've got to be careful of these broken records because they're not uh, don't help us. Yes. Then they're, they're not self-serving. 
do I understand correctly that, that part of our journey to self-care, to self-love, is to, to understand what messages that we've received in our earlier lives are actually true or correct and which ones not. Absolutely. So, so it's again um, changing or reframing your mindset and questioning your, your filters which you've grown up with yeah. and saying, is this serving me? Like when I was, I was young, for instance, I was terrified of orals at school. Okay. I'd literally be a shaking jellyfish when I, when I did oh, orals. And, and I would like literally, you know, have trouble sleeping the night before oh, doing an oral. Now I'm, I'm a member of Toastmasters for the last six months. And my, my first Toastmasters meeting, I immediately jumped up, volunteered for a table topic, which is an impromptu speech for two minutes. Mm. You don't know the topic, you're just given it and you, you've got to go. You know? why, did you, why did you do it? Well, I think it... Overcoming a fear? I think it's overcoming a fear okay. and also to, to make me realize that actually I can do it. Okay. And I mean, also I have conquered the fear slowly, like I've run training courses and things in my course of work, okay. which were pretty structured. But, you know, the great thing about Toastmasters is now making me realize that I can, you know, get up and stand up and speak. Impromptu, do, yeah. do it, yeah. And, and you get fantastic feedback because also the, the great thing about Toastmasters feedback is that for, for every criticism, you have to give three positive affirmations. Are you serious? So you, you, you can't, so nobody can just lay into you and give you bad feedback, give you negative feedback. You have to have a, a ratio of three positives to one negative. So, and we know that, that our brains respond best in the, when we're given positive feedback and then that's sandwiched with the negative and yeah. then positive again. So what I've also realized, someone told me this analogy, to treat feedback, because you know I was a very sensitive person, so any feedback I would be like on my tenterhooks, you yeah. know, worrying about every single word of the feedback and obsessing over it. Now, someone said to me, just treat it like eating chicken. So, so you spit out the bones, which is stuff that you see as irrelevant, and you eat the meat, which is stuff that maybe yeah. I need to develop. And I think that's quite a useful analogy. Yeah. Because feedback can be so useful to us, but if we're overly sensitive... We, we like discount everything because we just think we're useless and that's not the case and usually when people give us feedback they're not doing it maliciously and if they are well then you know ignore it or you know if that's the bones spit out the bones but if it's they're giving us feedback because they actually care about yeah. us and want us to do better then that's going to be good and that's the meat so take what you need and leave the, the rest. rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what he... Also looking for the similarities within us rather than the differences, you know, uh, is also helpful because so often we were taught to look for the differences and, and that, that's where the comparison starts falling down and we start looking, thinking we're different, but we, we're not necessarily. And, you know, what I love to say is if we look inside of people, 
instead of just on the outside, we all have a heart, we have two lungs, a liver, etc. You know, so on the inside, all bleed red blood. It's just on the outside, we might have different skin colors, different eye colors, hair colors, yeah. fat thin, but we're actually human beings at the end of the day. And we need to like affirm each other because we all deserve to be loved. And I do have this um, a slightly cheesy <laughs> line, love is the new competitive edge. Nice. Because, you know, if you... I don't think it's cheesy at all. I think it's awesome. Because if you, <laughs> if you think about an organization, if they could love their staff, if they could love their customers, yeah. look after their customers, that's good business, you know. You don't want your customers to be harmed. Yeah. You don't want your staff to be harmed, you know. So if we could put more love into into the way we do things in life generally. Absolutely. Yeah, then, then we would be more compassionate, caring human beings to ourselves and then also to other people. Because, I mean, I'm not highly Christian, but if you think about it, Jesus said, love your neighbor like you love yourself. But you, if you don't love yourself, how can you love your neighbor? Exactly. And I think that's a big issue in the world today is like, you know, People project out all their anger of themselves and hatred of themselves to other people because they don't love yeah. themselves enough. So I think, it, unfortunately, all comes back to, to us, all comes back to the self and loving ourselves so that we have a, a full love tank and I then like we can that, love yeah. other people yeah. in a healthy way. Bringing up Christianity yeah. triggered something else with me, and that is... Where does forgiveness fit in, in our, in our journey to love ourselves? Yeah, well, Freddie, I think it's very important because we need to forgive other people and forgive ourselves to heal ourselves. Yeah. Because if we hold on to resentments, it's not hurting the other person. It's hurting ourselves. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's creating anger and resentment and shame within ourselves. We do need to work through and let go of resentments and uh, learn to forgive, to heal ourselves totally so. and, and to feel healthy and good about ourselves. I had a sponsor once when we got to step nine. I sat on that chair and she sat there. And um, she said to me, okay, so we're on step nine now. I said, yes, we are. I said, so you're ready to, to be forgiven? I said, yes, I am. I don't think so. What do you mean? Well, I've been listening to your step work and I don't think you've forgiven yourself for everything you've done yet. So we're not moving on until I believe that you have forgiven yourself. And I had to stand in front of the mirror every morning and say to myself, I love you, I forgive you. That first morning, I actually felt like throwing up. Yeah. And that was just the reaction from within my body showed that I definitely haven't forgiven myself. And what I've definitely learned was I need to forgive myself for two reasons, because I can only give what I have. So if I have forgiveness in me, I can I can forgive. Yeah. But I also can't expect people to forgive me if I haven't even forgiven myself. So I think part of the self-love journey is so important that yeah. that, that concept of forgiveness. Absolutely, yeah. Because holding on to any negative emotions, you know, past emotions, 
are going to block you from truly loving yourself. Guilt and shame. In, a, in an unconditional way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's all about how I connect to myself. And if I connect to myself in a healthy way, I can then start connecting to other Absolutely. people in a healthy way. But if I don't have a good relationship with myself. And I remember when I shared this in, in uh, the meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of the members shared back to say that he doesn't normally share in a meeting, um, but he felt like because he is, feels he's damaged his sister so much, but he realized now that it's because of how damaged he feels towards himself and that, you know, it's because he can't forgive himself and he can't forgive her and, you know, projects a lot of bad things onto yeah. her. And... Um, I think it was a bit of an awakening for him, which was quite quite nice that he could resonate with that. I always say to my clients, change your glasses. Yeah. You know, if, if I'm going to look at life through through glasses of guilt, yeah. then I, I, I am not going to be able to engage because I'm constantly going to feel that I'm not good enough and people are judging me because I've judged myself so much. I need to take the guilt glasses off. Absolutely, and, yeah. and, and put another set of glasses on that I won't look look at life through through guilt. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really really something incredibly important. Talk about guilt and shame. Th- those are such powerful emotions that fuck us up so badly. As a life coach, yeah. what what's the advice you give to people? How do you how do we get rid of guilt and shame? I think it's it's it, there is obviously what you said the learning to forgive ourselves yeah. for what we've done in the past and going through a process. And certainly like the 12 steps are a great way that you can work through that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I know everyone's not necessarily in recovery, but, but just thinking about, you know, what caused me to feel this? Who has hurt me? Can I forgive them? What, what was my part in, in the process of um, feeling guilty? guilt and shame can I let go of that can I you know really cleanse myself of this in in some way and let it go and and you know we don't forget it but we we forgive yeah um and and then also trying to reposition things in a positive light that that even though I did bad behavior I behaved badly I'm not necessarily uh, a bad person, such which an is what the shame is. Such you know? an important yeah. difference is, is the fact that I've done some shitty things doesn't make me a shit person. person I'm yeah, just yeah. I'm a good person who did some shitty things. Things, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So so realizing that it was bad behavior, but doesn't make me a bad person yeah. innately, and um, that such innately I'm a spiritual being who is loved by my higher power and can be loved by other people. And I can love other people. And I think that's sort of at the core of it. And then, yeah, I mean, it, it is trying to get people to do mirror work. Um, it's very, it's hard. <laughs> I, I know I did it. Did you do that as well? I did it. Uh, um, oh, God, it's difficult. I did something called the self-esteem builder where, you know, every day I had to say in the mirror, you are a worthy person. I really love you. And, you know, in the beginning, I didn't want to look myself in the mm. eye. You know, I was yeah. looking down at the floor or looking wherever I could, but not directly in the mirror. Yes. But I had to force myself to do that. And now, when I catch myself in the mirror, I do say that, like almost 
automatically now, which is, is quite refreshing. But, you know, it, it, it takes work. And then just remembering every day, what, writing down a few things that you, you've done well and what are the tribute, attributes that co- contributed to that. So what, what competency was it? Was it you were helpful to other people? You were able to analyze something? You, you were able to grasp something in a different way? Um, anything that, that has been positive for in you. appropriate way. Yeah, you overcame, you stopped procrastinating around something, anything that was positive for you that day, and then being grateful. And for I think we, we talk a lot yeah. about that, you know, that gratitude and being grateful for what I have and not worrying about what I don't have yeah. at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. You said something, and let's end on this, and this specific yeah. one is, you, you use the words, it takes work. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is, if you don't love yourself, you're yeah. not going to wake up one morning loving yourself. Yeah, unfortunately, it's the a very process we think about is not going to come and sprinkle shit over you and you're going to wake up the next morning loving yourself. It really does take a lot of work. But it's really work that is so worthwhile. Absolutely, yeah. It's definitely a path worth, worth walking. What advice would you give to somebody listening to this, thinking, kind of, I fucking will hate myself? What can they do the next day? to start off a journey of starting to be more caring and more loving? Yeah, I think the first thing is just accepting that you're a human being and you, you aren't perfect. And and unfortunately, you're never going to be... So it's a lot about acceptance. <laughs> that is you're so not important. Perfect, yeah. you know? Listen, and, and listen to Simon <laughs> and Freddie tonight. You are not perfect. You are never going to be perfect. Accept it. Yeah, acceptance. So I accept... I think it starts with acceptance and then you build on from there and then you, you, you start looking, putting on, a, a, it doesn't have to be rose-tinted glasses, but a positive frame of mind where you start looking at the positives in life rather than the negatives. Yeah. So it's looking at the glass half full rather than half empty. And um, it, it's one step at a time. And and also to, to really change that negative self-talk to try and be more neutral at best or or even positive and and affirming ourselves and and celebrating successes yeah um rather than berating ourselves for for minor failures so important to celebrate those miracles and i think something really important is and if you wake up tomorrow morning you think you know i don't think i can do this then there are people like simon around who are professionally qualified to help you pick up the phone we love helping other people. Yeah. I love helping other people. And both Simon and I went through this. Now we, we, we had to walk this journey and we had to do the work and we know what the work is to be done. So um, pick up the phone and call us. Yeah, we are, you, we are you, here you to help. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That is, recovery for me was the best investment I've ever made in my life. And you don't have to be a drug addict or an alcoholic or whatever to go into recovery. You can also go in recovery for recover from believing you're not worth it to coming to believe that you are worth it so treat yourself with a process to help yourself it's an amazing thing to do cool simon thank you very much thanks freddie have a wonderful rest of your evening you too thanks
The more I talk to people in the know and the longer I work in the field of mental health, I become more and more aware of how badly we treat ourselves. We fail to practice self-love and then wonder why we struggle with love. There is a saying in a dictionary recovery that goes, we can only keep what we have by giving it away. That is truly applicable with self-love too, because many of us try to give love, but we do not have it to give it away. Do the work and self-love Do the work on self-love and reap the amazing rewards. It is worth it. You are worth it. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field, or Freddy Counselor, or Freddy van Rensburg, or on Twitter at, at RensburgFreddy, or on Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. I want to thank Simon for his time and energy in talking to Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.